is the theater where Rocky premiered. My brother goes, this could be the best day or the worst day of your life. Something happened, something magical. You could hear the cheers from the inside, outside on the street from the theater. It's the last picture of him being unknown. When Stallone became famous, he wasn't expecting the downside. When you're a truly absorbed filmmaker, you put things before your family, and the repercussions are quite devastating. Now I realize that's all that matters. That clip comes from a Netflix documentary about the life of Sylvester Stallone. And I wanted to show it to you because it's a repeated reminder that we have heard very often from famous people. They will tell us at the top of their career, all the money and all the fame and all the success is not all it's cracked up to be. Sly has accomplished more than probably most actors could ever dream of. He has made one of the most classic movies of all time. We'll probably never forget it. And he could go anywhere now, do anything, anytime with anybody he wants. And yet he's saying here that he would not do it all over again if he didn't have his family with him, because that's what really matters. Now, this comes from a man who most recently separated from his wife of 25 years and then thankfully just got back together with her. And the death of his son in 2012, all of that and more have apparently brought him to the realization that making fictional movies about fictional people may be entertaining for the populace, but doesn't provide personally the kind of sufficient, meaningful philosophy of life that, that he needed or that any of us need. It's as if money and fame are supposed to paper over the glaring moral and intellectual defects that many in our elite circles have. A great example of this is Dave Chappelle, who just recently had an unexpected outburst while filming a comedy special in Boston when he talked about the subject of Israel and Palestine. So Twitter was populated with all sorts of accounts what took place at the Dave Chappelle special, and so all of these are secondhand accounts. But apparently what happened is that uh, Dave was about three-fourths into the show, and then he said, I want to address what's going on in Palestine and Israel. He specifically said Palestine and said it before Israel. He said what happened on October 7th wasn't right. But also what's going on isn't right. And not just you can't kill innocent civilians like that. And the whole world sits silently and watches. Then someone shouted at him from the crowd, shut the F up, Dave. And then he went nuts and yelled back, no, you shut the F up. You don't take tens of billions from my country to go kill innocent women and children and come to tell me to shut the F up, he said. He said, don't come begging for money from my country and then go drop bombs on children and cut off innocent people's water and electricity. You have the audacity to pay to come see me and then tell me to shut the F up? The crowd started clapping and cheering for him, saying, yes, Dave, and chants of free Palestine. And then he said, you're damn right, free Palestine. He went on a 15-minute rant about being a Muslim and that the Israelis are projecting what's wrong with them on Muslims, and the crowd kept on cheering. All right, listen, I like Dave Chappelle. He and Bill Burr have said some things I agree with in recent years that fight back against the prevailing leftism of our day, but let's calm down a little bit, Christians and conservatives. Let's not celebrate too much just because Joe Rogan and his pals can smoke a blunt and then say, hey, a man is a man and a woman is a woman. I mean, it's not that much of an accomplishment, really, it's not. Anyone with a functioning brain should be able to spot the calculus that uh, transgenderism is nonsense. But here we see again that the celebration of comedians as social critics and thought leaders may be slightly overblown, and here's why. First, Dave wants to decry his tax dollars paying for a war that may cost innocent lives. 
I didn't hear him crying out when 1,300 soldiers were shipped out immediately to Afghanistan after 9-11. And then by 2011, that number had risen to 98,000. His tax dollars paid for that. Does he not think civilians were killed in our efforts to kill bin Laden? Did he hate that too? I personally don't. We can argue whether we should pay for someone else's defense as Americans, but let's not play dumb. I know innocent blood is spilt in war. It was in Afghanistan when we went to go fight back against militant Islam for what they did in our country. Now, it's an unfortunate reality that the nastiness of war does cost innocent lives, but it does. But when a terrorist group wants you dead and will stop at nothing until you are dead, you probably need to defend yourself and your country in the way Israel is doing it. So no, let me just really quickly state, I'm not a foreign policy expert, much like Dave Chappelle, but I know enough to know this. We have no idea how many civilians have been killed by Israelis, and we never will. The villains in Hamas that control the information going in and out of the country will never tell the truth. We know the American media is complicit in their lies too because they regurgitate Hamas talking points, and they did so just recently with the stories like the hospital bombing in Gaza. We originally heard Israel shot a rocket right at a hospital that killed 1,000 women and children. We now know that a terror group in Gaza fired the rocket. The rocket hit a parking lot, not the hospital, and quite possibly didn't even kill anyone. Furthermore, do I like the death of innocent people? No. Who does? Gosh, no. But even I know enough to know that Hamas will strap bombs to small women and children, and then their mothers will gladly send them out into the street to sacrifice their life for Allah simply so that they can blame Israel. Here's a report stating that kind of similar thing from Reuters, stating that as a ground war looms, Hamas is making sure civilians stay put. Here's a chief leader of Hamas calling for martyrdom and for civilians to stay in Gaza. That's why I... A big salute to our people in Gaza, a big salute to those with their blood, with the fire, are facing the killing machine, the barbaric machine, the fascist machine of the Zionist regime. They are adhering and they are committed to their houses, to their mosques, to their land, marches everywhere. Now, I could also show you on top of that, that Hamas brings in stretchers with mannequins to try to pretend Israelis have killed people. I could show you clips of Palestinians rushing people into the hospital with people that really don't look like they have any injuries whatsoever. But I don't have to show you any of that because Hamas has already spoken for themselves. And they have said that they want the extermination of Jews and they acknowledge that they rape children and women. But maybe one last thing will be a wake up call for you. While we've spent time talking about BLM and the horrific support of Hamas, we've spent little time acknowledging the fact that the history of black Muslims and the black power movement is replete with anti-Semitism. It isn't just this picture that I'm showing on the screen now of Black Lives Matter in Chicago saying free Palestine and showing a picture of a Hamas terrorist that paraglided into Israel to kill innocent men, women, and children, which basically shows, at least from the BLM perspective, the Free Palestine Movement means kill the Jews. Uh, I can go one step further and show you historically that the Black Power Movement has always been anti-Semitic, and we're not spending a lot of time talking about that. Remember Stokely Carmichael, the leader of the Black Power Movement back in the 70s? He said this, the only good Zionist is a dead Zionist. 
How about Malcolm X, who was asked about the history of anti-Semitism and the presence of anti-Semitism in the black Muslim movement. And he said this in response. Well, many Jews have guilty feelings when people talk about exploitation. This is because they know that they control 90% of the businesses in black communities. Ah, I see. Yep. See, it's the fault of Jews that you hate them. Spoken like a man of integrity, truly. Why do I mention that? Well, because Dave Chappelle is a black Muslim. And just because that's influencing his obvious blindness when he makes statements about Israel as the bad guy and defends Hamas and doesn't acknowledge the fact that they're nothing more than a bunch of bloodthirsty terrorists who have hostages right now, presently, kill babies and rape women. I guess the simple point I'm making at the end of the day is celebrity worship is an all new special kind of dumb. To put people who haven't read classic literature, thought deeply about the questions of life, or applied any rigorous discipline to their life beyond deciding what pot to smoke that day is probably a bad idea. Perhaps rather than establishing a plutocracy where famous rich people lead a society with butt pics and sex tapes, maybe we should return to an ancient idea. Socrates espoused that a society should be guarded by uh, a group of people called the guardians who through rigorous mental and physical discipline earned the right to guide a society. Even better, how about we look to a single man who lived a singular life in history, who taught things that influenced Western civilization and gave himself as a sacrifice because he so loved the world. Nah, just kidding, just worship celebrities, that's way better. We'll talk about that and more today on Indie Thinker. Welcome to the show. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Did you know that you can go to our Herbal Alchemy store by going to the description of this podcast or even looking at the link that's right now on the screen? If you go to that link, you can go to our Herbal Alchemy store where you can buy all sorts of health and beauty products that are all natural and, most importantly, woke-free. Because Herbal Alchemy is a great Christian company that even takes some of the proceeds from what they receive and they ship it back out to fight human trafficking all over the world. But beyond that... Some of the proceeds from what you purchase at our store will go back to benefit what we do here at Indie Thinker. So if you want to kick woke out of your bathroom, woke out of your kitchen, and you want to support a great company and help Indie Thinker in the process, then go to our Herbal Alchemy store where you can find some great products. Now on the show today, I'm talking about celebrity culture, celebrity worship, and plutocracy, which is essentially just that the richest people become the leaders of a society. And as long as we idolize to a degree celebrities and and we do so not necessarily by worshiping them or by bowing down to them, but by thinking that in some way we should pattern our life after theirs to, uh, to accomplish kind of some of the success that they have. We'll constantly be kind of chasing our tail and living a life that ultimately doesn't end in any real sense of happiness. Now, I could give you a million different examples of this, and certainly famous people have been warning us, plebes, for a long time that you can follow your dreams to success all the way to the end of that road. And when you finally get there, you will find a dead end because life is more than just about materialism and, um, and quote unquote success, achieving your dreams or whatever, even whatever that looks like. Life is about way more than that. And we consistently learn that from celebrities, even if in an indirect way. So again, you may not be worshiping celebrities. You may be adult enough to say, hey, I have my own life and I'm not worried about what celebrities do. But if deep down you know in your heart that ultimately 
you think your life would be so much better if you had the kind of money and the kind of recognition and notoriety uh, that these people do. Well, hopefully today's show is going to disabuse you of that narrative and help you focus on the things well, that will actually produce the kind of fruitful life that you really, really uh, that you really want to have. Now, I want to turn to a story that just recently came out based upon a memoir that Britney Spears wrote. So apparently when she isn't spending time in mental health wards or dancing around in her underwear with knives, oddly, she is writing memoirs. So more than likely, she didn't write this. Uh, but nonetheless, it does give stories about her life. And one of the stories that has been getting a lot of controversy, kind of a lightning rod of controversy, is a story about her and Justin Timberlake. Now, I know what you're thinking. When it first came out, this is what I thought. Oh, the story must be about some sexual abuse of Justin Timberlake on Britney Spears because that's what all of these memoirs seem to have. You got to have, you know, the, the, the guy that you can cancel, the Me Too movement moment in your book. And it's typically some random celebrity. We're going to call him out and say that he raped me or sexually assaulted me. Um, sexual assault usually because rape is a criminal offense and sexual assault is something that you can claim with and it can mean a myriad of, of different things where rape is a little bit more, uh, you know, a little bit more of a conclusive matter. But nonetheless, uh, in that story, uh, Brittany tells us that when her and Justin Timberlake were dating, and I think they were in their early 20s, that Justin Timberlake got her pregnant and pressured her to have an abortion. And then she gives kind of some of the feedback of what happened afterwards and how that has kind of injured her and hurt her and how she felt oppressed by it all. Now, a lot of people online have taken to calling out the hypocrisy of, of the, the memoir writer and those who are you know bringing attention to this story. Because they're saying things like, I thought you have told us that women were independent and strong and they, it's their body, their cho choice, and that Justin really can't influence a woman because <laughs> he's just some patriarchal male and that Britney is a strong, independent, successful woman and, and all of that. So to say that Justin Timberlake had some undue pressure upon her uh, seems to kind of countervail the narrative that we hear so often in society. And so a lot of conservatives have taken the time to call out the hypocrisy of the mainstream media to try to give Justin um, Timberlake all of this power when they've been demanding that women's liberation movement has brought women to a whole new period of, of independence and success. But, but nonetheless, I, I think it's really not that constructive to call out the hypocrisy of those in the media and those in the feminist movement um, and to demand that Britney should have just sucked it up and uh, you know she did something that's empowering by, by having an abortion and uh, she should just recognize that instead of blessing, you know, blaming Justin for that. I think it's very, um, it's not that helpful to just merely call out the hypocrisy of these kind of people, because now that they're coming to the realization of something that we've known for far too long, it's time for us to come alongside them and say, hey, now that you're willing to accept this, I hope, let's, uh, let's push this idea a little bit further down the road. Because actually, women aren't independent, and it takes two to tango, and it's not your body, your choice, because it's your baby's body, not just your body. It might be growing in your body, but it's not just your body. That's, that's a baby's body in your, in your body. So it's time for us to to push a little bit forward and just say, hey, let's acknowledge something now. As much as you want to declare women are independent and they need to be making this choice on their own, it does take two to tango. And very often, and I know this from firsthand experience, not only from the pro-life people that I hang around with, but also even a little bit of my own experience um, with with this, we see very often that men, especially young men, are the ones that are typically pressuring women into having an abortion. 
Now they'll say something like this. Hey, it's your body, so you get to decide. But ultimately, I don't know if we can afford it, and, and, and this is going to go wrong, and this could happen. And we're just not ready. But, you know, it's your body, your choice. You know, you do what you want. Or even more overt kind of pressure upon women to, to get rid of their babies. So this is typically the partner or the boyfriend and not always the husband, but even sometimes the husband. Even sometimes the husband that already has kids with this woman will say, I don't know if we can do another kid. I don't know if we're ready for that, as though they're surprised somehow where babies come from after they've already done this thing. Suffice to say, a narrative that happens far too often in pregnancy resource centers and Planned Parenthoods around the United States that we see far too often is that men are pressuring women to have an abortion. Now, the second thing here, and perhaps the most important thing, is not just that we need to understand this and men need to start being men and quit pressuring women to have abortions but take responsibility for their babies, but it's also just simply this, that what Brittany speaks about is something that I think is vitally important for us to recognize. So rather than to, again, harp on the hypocrisy of the My Body, My Choice movement, let's, let's acknowledge that she was willing to tell us something that we all know, that abortion is not healthcare. Abortion is not the way that you truly help women. Abortion actually is very damaging to the mothers who go through these abortions. Now, I don't know to what degree Brittany goes into the details of how much she suffered from depression and the heartache from that, but she tells us that it was something that wrecked her for a, for a long time. And this is something that we need to be reminded of in the present because the Planned Parenthood abortion lobbyists out there will tell you that the best thing that you can do for yourself, it's liberating even, is to kill your baby. But what they will never tell you is the unfortunate stories that are far too common when somebody aborts their baby, whether it's done with a surgical procedure or even done with mifepristone or something like it, the abortion pill. The, <laughs> the idea is, is that the women are left after the fact to deal with the repercussions emotionally, spiritually, and, and all the rest of the procedure and the decision that they've just made. And many women have a kind of clinical depression afterwards that, um, that is really damaging to them. Some never recover from it at all, as you would, would imagine, because if that baby in your belly is a baby and not just a clump of cells, then, then there is repercussions even beyond these procedures going, going south that, that might impact you and, uh, and might impact you in a way that, uh, that really deeply injure your soul. Now, I, and because I care about Brittany, I bring this up. And because I care about other women who may be struggling with this decision and may have fallen for the leftist narrative out there, I just want to encourage you not to fall for the pressure, whether it comes from a partner or from our society, to believe anything other than that baby inside of you deserves the right to live. I mean, I've even had men when, in counseling sessions tell me that they're thinking about an abortion. And then I ask them, have you thought about adoption? And they say, no, I'd rather have an abortion rather than to give my baby up to somebody else. So they would rather kill their baby than to deliver their baby up to be adopted. I mean, it sounds insane and it is, but it is far too common. And again, it's just simply because the culture has done a great job of convincing us that the baby in your, your belly is somehow not a baby. And it's a reminder to us that the culture war truly, truly does matter. And if we're really going to love people, we need to engage it thoughtfully and charitably, yes, but engage it nonetheless. A closed-mouthed Christian is one that is begging for the kind of emotional and mental trauma we see in Britney Spears to happen more and more and more. 
And by the way, um, if you need a deeper glance into the psyche of the average kind of Hollywood personality, uh, then maybe our next story will help you do that even a little bit more deeply because I want to take you to Jada and Will Pinkett because those two people have been hitting the news as well as Jada just released her memoir. Now, if you want to waste uh, a significant amount of time in your life, even if it's just a minute, grab that girl's memoir and read it. But in the memoir, there's been kind of a viral uh, portion of the of the memoir that tells us that the uh, that Jada and Will have been estranged since 2016. Since 2016, they've been living in the same house, but have not been like together. They've been around each other and at red table talks where this cuckold man has been humiliating himself with the help of his estranged wife. Um, but they've been estranged since 2016. Now this is kind of shocking because. We were all under the impression that Will Smith and Jada were incredibly crazy and weird because we, I mean, we have seen their kids, um, but, but we were also under the impression that they were somehow trying to work it out and that they were married and somehow were connected to each other. Nonetheless, uh, Will Smith has been responding to this explosive revelation about them being estranged since 2016. And I want you to hear his words because it will be the basis for kind of what I believe is important for us to talk about in this thing. So it's not just mere celebrity gossip. There's, there's an underlying message here. But uh, to, to get that, let's, let's hear what Will Smith has to say about the fact that his wife continues to humiliate him publicly without regard to this man's manhood at all. So here's his response on social media. So for you, here's the thing. So my opinion uh, of the... Okay, sure. We're supposed to believe that you slapped Chris Rock in front of an audience on national television and that what your wife is doing to you over and over and over again really isn't bothering you. It's not causing emotional turmoil in your soul. You're not, you're not suffering silently as this woman continues to humiliate you publicly. No, I don't think so, man. Uh, forgive me for not believing that. But he continued to respond to the revelations in this memoir and said this, that ultimately them being estranged and still trying to love each other and live together and parent their kids and all of that since 2019, twin, since 2016, excuse me, is nothing less than a sloppy experiment in unconditional love. Okay, I have to remind you guys of something very, very important. The left loves to destroy words. They believe, as I do, that words and language have an important role in society. For those of us who are Christians, let's not jump to the conclusion that sticks and stones may break our bones, but words will never hurt us. Now, words don't really hurt you, but, but that's not to suggest that words aren't powerful. I mean, we do believe in a God, after all, that with his words created the world. Um, we do believe that, in a sense, that words can shape our understanding of reality all around us, so words definitely do matter. And the word here that I think deserves a lot of attention, because it's doing a lot of work, is the word love. So we hear that, that the relationship between Jada and Will is a sloppy experiment in unconditional love. Well, what do you think? Christians. What do you think, people with an operating prefrontal cortex? Is this what you would consider love? What, so what is love? No, according to Christian scripture, by the way, and even if you're not a Christian, I just want you to hang with me here and listen because you might actually learn something. 
According to Christian scripture, we hear that love is patient, love is kind, doesn't envy, all these things. We hear that love is a lot of things, but let me tell you also what love is not because the Bible does tell us that love also wants the good of the other. So love does not rejoice, 1 Corinthians 13 tells us. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Now here's where this is beneficial to all of us in society today. If we let celebrities define love for us, this is what we're gonna get, the most dysfunctional group of people on the planet. See, this is why I bring this up. Because if we let celebrities define love for us, it will constantly look dysfunctional and it will look like Will and Jada Pinkett. I'm specifically leaving out the last name, by the way. Uh, so it'll look like that. Uh, but if we allow other sources of inspiration to kind of tell us what love should actually look like, we might find what things like the Bible says, that love doesn't humiliate your husband for the sake of writing a memoir so that you can get clicks and likes. I mean, apparently Jada is just working her way up to starring as the villain in her own story about her own life. Um, and apparently she's willing to sell her soul for all that because the woman is socially irrelevant unless she's doing something to make her husband look like a complete fool. But real love doesn't, you know, trample over the emotions of other individuals for the sake of your own self-interest. It rejoices in the truth. It doesn't rejoice at wrongdoing, which is why we know that what Jada and Will call love really isn't love at all. It's a bunch of empty, shallow people who are deeply hurting and desperately need God in their life. But this is the other reason I wanted to bring this up, not just so that we can rightly appropriate and understand and define love um, so the left doesn't define it for us, but also because we need to define it within the church. It's important for us that we understand that love is not self-idolatry. It's not self-love. And that's kind of the love that's being promoted so often in churches today, the kind of love that says, you know, you do you, and we're going to love you just the way that we, you are, and we don't care if you get better because, because we actually don't really understand what love is from a godly perspective. We only stand love from a secular perspective. I guess the argument I'm making is, is that the church is even allowing a cultural definition of love to enter into its four walls. And we can truly offer the world something powerful. We can show them that love rejoices in the truth. Or in other words, love and truth are not in opposition to each other. Sure, you can tell the truth unlovingly and you can say you're being loving and then not tell the truth. I understand these things work uh, both ways, but, but it is a loving to tell the, the truth. And real love doesn't just love itself. It isn't just interested in protecting feelings because true love isn't self-idolatry. And that's essentially what we're promoting if we don't bring out this kind of love that flies in the face of what we see in celebrity culture constantly. Real love tells the truth. Real love doesn't seek itself. It tells the truth. And we'll jump into a little bit more of that truth that can be found in that book in our final segment, Bible Study with Democrats. Oh God of Pronouns. Now, Texas is suing Planned Parenthood for defrauding the state of $1.8 billion. I bet you didn't know it, but uh, Planned Parenthood is actually a nonprofit for as much as they make. I mean, $1.8 billion is what they defrauded uh, the, the government of, but uh, they're making way more than that. For a nonprofit, they sure do make a ton of money. And what do they do? Well, we all know. 
They provide trans surgeries, hormone blockers, cross-sex hormones, and they make sure that you never have to worry about that pesky little baby in your belly. That's what Planned Parenthood is about. But it doesn't stop our Hollywood elites from trying to obfuscate what Planned Parenthood is really all about by calling it healthcare. So here is Chelsea Handler, obviously, and unfortunately, Haley Bieber, singing the praises of baby murder. Check it out. I'm Chelsea Handler. And I'm Haley Bieber. Texas politicians are falsely accusing Planned Parenthood of Medicaid fraud, which is complete BS. We're for Planned Parenthood because everyone deserves access to the health care they need. So let's tell these assholes to get out of our health care. Click here to sign up. Now, it will come as a little surprise to you that these women have no damned idea what they're talking about. Now, it might interest you to do a little thought experiment here and ask yourself how an organization named Planned Parenthood goes about sterilizing you know, young kids and then claims to be trying to help you plan your parenthood in the same way that you might ask, how does planning your parenthood actually involve you killing your baby? All of these are great, great questions, but let's not overlook just the simple fact in all of these morally bigger questions. Let's not overlook the simple fact that abortion is not healthcare any more than a punch in the face is plastic surgery, and these women have no idea what they're talking about. Might actually help you to understand the way Planned Parenthood is actually responding to the charges from Texas that they've been absconding, stealing money from the state, and wasting it with fraud and abuse. So instead of arguing in court that they haven't been doing this, rather, their intrepid, morally benighted attorneys are arguing simply that the whistleblower in this case doesn't have the right to blow the whistle, therefore all the charges should be thrown out. Now again, they're not arguing that they didn't do it, just arguing that the charges should be thrown out so that they don't have to give this, this money back. So this might come as, a, as no surprise to you that Chelsea Handler doesn't care about the implications of, of this case. She just wants you to blindly believe that Planned Parenthood is somehow good for our society, and therefore it doesn't matter if they actually stole the money, just defend them mindlessly. That, that is quite to be expected from somebody like Chelsea Handler. But it is a little weird that Haley Bieber who is a professed Christian, along with her husband, Justin, who's had a very public kind of profession of faith, um, especially most recently, um, and has celebrity pastors who have supposedly sewn into his life and helped disciple him. Um, it may be a little bit more strange coming from somebody like her. So it brings us back to this question about celebrities, and it brings us back to the question of where we should derive our moral kind of structure and education from. So let's be really clear. Fame doesn't make you dumb any more than obscurity makes you smart, but fame does surround you with a host of people that corrupt your good character. Maybe that's what's happening to Haley here. Bieber is supposedly a Christian, and her and her husband Justin supposedly have uh, Christian mentors like Judah Smith and his wife, who was on a viral episode of Awkward Conversations with a Black Man where she suggests that she should just shut up and be quiet because she's white. Now, she's 100% right about being quiet and shutting up, but it isn't because she's white. Um, it's because as a Christian, she has a voice and has a obligation to decry abortion and not to merely go on a crying tour and a listening tour with those who have had to have abortions. Yes, we want to as much as possible um, make sure that we're being considerate and compassionate to the people who are abortion vulnerable or who, who have even had abortions. But it doesn't mean that we don't stand up against the lie that abortion is health care. 
And again, abortion is health care in the same way that getting kicked in the nuts is Republican politicking. Well, I guess it has been a lot lately and certainly most recently, but it's not effective politicking anyway. It's not what politicking should be. So let me just be really clear here. Can you support Planned Parenthood and be a Christian like Haley Bieber is doing? Yes, you can, but only if you've never once contemplated what you're doing and if it fits into scripture at all. And trust me, Haley is hardly alone on this because Taylor Swift made sure to come out during the whole Roe v. Wade conversation to tell us that she is a Christian and because she's a Christian, she's also pro-abortion because nothing says loving you some Jesus like violating one of the Ten Commandments. And she's not alone either because plenty of pastors that are high profile think that attendance is such a moral good that they don't want to talk about these issues because it drives wedges between people. And I could go on and on and on and talk to you about how these moral takes are missing something vital. And all that to remind you that sometimes the people who have the biggest platforms deserve it the least. And if that's true, then there's only one cure for that. We have to get behind those who are using their platform to Make sure they tell the truth. Make sure they use their voice for something good. Now, I know the culture wars hurt your belly and the 24-hour news cycle is incredibly depressing and sometimes you just have to turn it off. But do something on a daily basis that gets you informed. And yeah, I'm saying this kind of for selfish purposes. Hopefully, this show keeps you informed and helps you on a regular basis think about things from a critical perspective. I would love it if it was more positive, but one of the reasons that I'm even doing this show is because I believe that the voice of Christians is deeply needed right now. But the right kind of voice. We need to platform the kind of voices that are actually going to give, you know, a Christian perspective if they're going to be a Christian voice. I know that seems like something that's kind of hard to ask for, but it's really not. Shows like this and other shows deserve your support, not only financially, but also for you to like, share, and subscribe because that's all the time we have for today. Thanks so much for watching, and don't forget to go with God.